Okay, we ended off talking about the downtime. Right, the flip side of the first part of the last chapter was the chiyas that a person has. A person needs to have chiyas in what they're doing, and hopefully the chiyas comes through chiyas. And the flip side, a person has needs to take downtime from their main chiyas. What are they going to do in that downtime? We spoke different positive things and then things which are not necessarily the most positive of things the person can get involved in. And just end off this chapter. This is a maestro with the with the briskarav that he once called a representative of the aguda to reprimand her for doing something which she had gotten a good involved in. Sounds like not a very uh, pleasant situation. And this cast uh, member knew that the briskarav would not buy any excuses or accept any excuses for what he did. So he just uh, basically took responsibility and said, "Like, let's figure out how to get out of this situation." And Briskarov told him, he said, in Brisk, there was a, in Brisk, there was a place that if you want to get a license for all different uh, crafts, you have to apply for a license. So if a fellow comes there and he wants to get a license to be a professional balagola, to be a wagon driver. He said he has many years experience, and he definitely said, okay, well, we're going to test you out, see how experienced a balagola you are. So asked in the first test, they said, um, what happens if you, as the experienced balagola, how do you get out of a mud swamp? She says, well, if you're in a mud swamp, you pull very hard. He says, no, sorry, if you pull too hard, you're going to overturn the wagon. He says, yeah, you can push hard. He says, no, I push hard, and you're more in the, more in the dirt. So the guy's like, I don't know, so what does the experienced Balagol do? He says, experienced Balagol never gets into the mud in the first place. That's what the Rizkarov told him. The you know, experienced person doesn't get involved in these mud swamps. So Ryan used that muscle or that mice as a as a guideline for the things a person should not want to get into which they have to sort of wiggle the way out of and figure out how to get out of them and the places the person shouldn't be in the place, things the person shouldn't get involved in all those things are not necessarily going to be things that you want to ever try to go down that path because of the difficulty in getting out of them right? as much as some people see them as a potential gain whether it's the world of gambling, which you mentioned, or other worlds that a person can often get caught up into, right, the, certainly the potential gain is very, very far from the potential danger. And the amount they can get lost in such activities, all these uh, negative ones, certainly much more probable than any potential gain. And it's the second thing is that a person needs to seek help. It says that if someone gets involved in such negative activities, need to find the ability to reach out and be able to, before anything gets too difficult to get out of, to remove themselves from it. Okay, so that sort of ends that chapter. And in his, the next chapter is, is really almost like wrapping up the... It's actually the last chapter itself, then it's epilogue, and then Musavadik, a few last points. But this is at the last regular chapter. So... It's almost like a summation of everything we did, and like it's called the chapter "What Happened." It's the mindset of what, what did happen. A person who was learning well, studying well in in, in Kail and yeshiva, and then unfortunately, at some point, no longer seemed the case. And he's talking about an extreme situation where how does it happen that a person will go from a upstanding from yid who was maybe learned in yeshiva, then learned in Kail, and then mamish go to the 
Shirl attacked on a person, Mamish drops everything. So, so even like, how does that phenomenon exist? Because that's the extreme of, of such a phenomenon. But if we understand the extremes, then we can understand everything else in between. He said, how is that possible? And he says, it's almost like there's a disease happening, and a person like worried, am I going to catch that disease? Like, if this is happening, like, why am I different than the person down the street, and how am I different than them? So he says, there, there are two, two basic ways of how such a thing can happen, and how it can lead to such a reality. He says that the First, he has, before he gets that, he says, uh, it's like most phenomena in this world, we are long in anecdotes and woefully short on facts. So he said, like, we don't really have any of the other numbers, percentages and circumstances, but we just, like, sort of create hype around things that are seem to be prevalent or very prevalent and the facts don't really... Anyway, but so how does this happen? He says, usually it's, it's one of one of two ways. He says that the less frequent reason is that there's some sort of built, um, pent-up um, anger or, or rage that someone had, which could either come from a history of abuse, someone dealt with them very improperly, even dishonestly, they were misled, they were rejected, belittled, embarrassed. Right? People had have trauma, basically, from somewhere in, the, in their, their background. And that trauma often sits not dealt with. And over time, it builds up, and it builds up, and it builds up, and at some point, it it, it explodes, and at, at the explosion can look like many different ways. But often, the explosion is an explosion of Yiddishkeit, an explosion of everything that they've known to have been till now and living till now, because it's just an explosion of the whole life. So the the core of what they're dealing with is that they were dealt with improperly on some level, and there was some sort of trauma that took place, and that was destructive, and they didn't deal with it. They didn't deal with the pain, they didn't deal with the trauma, they didn't deal with the issue, and allowed it to fester, allowed it to just grow and build up, and until it was just, uh, until it was gone. And unfortunately, the person who suffers the most is the person himself, because by them not dealing with it, they're the ones who ultimately suffer, and they're the ones who ultimately have to deal with the consequences, and that's certainly a very, very high price to pay. Not their fault, but it's a high price to pay for not dealing with a reality which came upon them at any stage in their life. That's number one. And so that's certainly a, a percentage of what happened and what took place, that it's really a history of trauma and, and was never dealt with. So the second, and he says that the more common, is says it's really almost the opposite, that it's not necessarily a... a a trauma. He says, he gives a muscle of, you have, a, you have a, a large tree which seemed like it was firmly in the ground, and one day it crashes down. And they try to figure out, like, what, what caused the crash? And it turned out the tree died a long time ago. Internally it was dead. It looked like it was alive, and it took time until it actually just crashed down, but it, it was really from many, many years before that it was really dead. And as it, when it dies, so then it just things eat it up, and, and, and Insects and whatever, they eat it up because it's because uh, the thing was dead, and eventually they get to the roots of it, and the whole thing just come crashes down. So he says that this unfortunately is is a very very similar reality to a to a person who, for all the years, right, never really was never really had a chiyas of, of Yiddishkeit inside them, and they never really were 
inspired from learning, from davening, from for anything really which was were there, and therefore they they their ruchnius, premius of ruchnius really is is empty, and then all of a sudden someday they're introduced to something which seems exciting, something in the gashmius world. They said it could be something not necessarily aser or something even aser, right? And it seems thrilling, it seems fun, and you find other people who are there and people who are nice people, whether they're goyim or, or, or not from yid, whatever it may be, and at some point, right, it begins to sort of lead a double life because this person is in, in, never got any chiyas in Yiddishkeit and fa- found some chiyas somewhere else in, in some other fashion. So what's going to happen? Eventually it's going to happen. It's going to just slowly erode, erode, erode everything that they had and everything that really was, it was dead the whole time, but should be eaten away, eaten away, like those, like these uh, bugs that and these that that eat away at the at the tree, and so it's going to destroy. And then person gets childless in the morning, gets childless in Ashkafa, and all of a sudden everything becomes becomes an issue. And then at some point, all of a sudden, it just comes crashing down because it was unfortunately really dead for many many years before then, and the issue was that there was never this, this level of chiyas. And he says that Rav Shach you know, spoke about this, about the Haskalah, not actually the same thing. He says that there was a very, very strong community that in, in, in Russia. There was between the Chamim and there was Gedalim and there was Shurim and there was there was a tremendous amount of, of, of Torah. And all of a sudden like, there was the Haskalah movement came and like almost like wiped out wiped out uh, much of what was going on. So what, what happened? So Shach says he remembers he was sitting with Rishon Zalman, and they were learning in Ishtibul, and and there was the people who who, who until then were were Shemitah uh, Mitzvahs. All of a sudden, were, were were the ones the biggest enemies, and and he says what happened? These people they they were people who, who didn't have anything pretty much inside them, and they found something else to jump onto, to jump along with, and it became the the next excitement, and that's you know became something which was, which is more exciting, and therefore it became something which was was so. You know, so anti everything because they were empty from every Yishkat. And he says that the only way it's possible to have a person who's going to be full of 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 chiyas with Torah is they taka realize the beauty and the, and the richness of it, and they live it that way, and they realize the the, the shira of the song of Yishkat that he calls it, a song that's pleasant, a song that's uplifting, and as long as it's going to be a a, a reality or it's the opposite, where a person's living with a very very Empty inside, so it's it's pasha. It could fall away so easily, and this really talks to the the requirement of a person to, to live Torah and to have a chiyus from Torah. And Torah's chayim says means not just a Torah about life, it means a Torah which is alive, which 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 is exciting and vibrant and alive. And a person has to really be asking themselves: Am I living the life? Am I living it for myself, to my children, etc.? All that Torah has to has to offer in terms of this quality of of Hashivas of, of Chaim. And he says that you know if if, if we were living this life and our, and our children see it and feel it, he says then it's it's a whole different existence. It's unfortunate when they don't see it, they don't feel it, then 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 that creates a, this this vacuum, this emptiness of Tayyidishkaito they're gonna try to find other things that are more exciting. So he says this, this is the, the reality and this is the sort of the extreme of how this happens. But again this is true on every level. On every level that a there's some emptiness from Torah Yiddishkeit and there's a, a vacuum 
which needs, which has the ability to fill up other things, it gets filled up. It gets filled up other places, and that's really where a person has to constantly be evolving in in the cre- the connection to Torah, and particularly to the chiyas of Torah, where it's something which always has a has a uh, has has that chiyas to it, which gives them continued geshmak, um, and hopefully as a result, never fall into the opposite reality where as as is referring to.